Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. As always, appreciate you being with us and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. This is episode 27 of season five. We're talking about uh, Fanatic's purchase of sportsbook points bet for $225 million and the possible implications and trends uh, uh, from that deal, kind of leading into the deal and sort of what's come from it. So uh, very interesting um, sort of topic. Uh, and I think I think for a few reasons. Uh, one of them is that it's pretty rare, you know, generally when you get into the sports betting business or sports book business, and I'm not a betting man in that regard, um, but I... I you know sort of find that usually when you make purchases like this, you have some sort of connected business, right? Um, so if you're a sports book, you know maybe you're looking at doing a sponsorship deal, you know to get more eyeballs on something. Or let's say that um, you're already in the gaming business, uh, and you decide you know because your state has passed. Um, you know, your state legislature has passed and the governor has signed some sort of, um, you know, legalizing of, of uh, gambling in the state, sports betting in the state, that you somehow um, purchase a similar business. Or let's say if you're a sports book and you purchase another sports book, right? But in this case, it's fascinating because Fanatics uh, as a company is number one in apparel company. I would say number two uh, or maybe 1A, 1B would be a sports collectibles company. So trading cards, NFTs, um, and even uh, some dabbling into iGaming. But uh, definitely not somebody that is involved in sports betting or a sports book, right? And then, of course, um, PointsBet is a Colorado-based, at least their headquarters, uh, Colorado-based uh, platform that allows for um, sports betting 
and uh, is is pretty big in Colorado, but also uh, has presence in 14 other states. So when Fanatics came along and we, I first heard about this deal, I thought, well, I wonder what Fanatics is trying to do. You know, what is the purpose and the goal here of purchasing points bet? And, you know, and I'd say $225 million is no, you know, um, small number. But I think in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about billion dollar stadiums and billion dollar deals, multi-billion dollar deals, $225 million to purchase a sports book with a presence in 14 states is not bad. But this is where I think it gets really interesting for fanatics. So, uh, and, and I think has the potential to be a game changer. And as I mentioned, you know, for the most part, sports betting companies and sports books have been kept separate from apparel or um, really even media companies. You know, generally you do sponsorships or things like this, but not an outright purchase. So for example, a media deal, you might look at, let's say, Bally Sports, um, you know, with the Diamond Group uh, in, in terms of the uh, regional sports networks. And, you know, Bally is a big name. And unfortunately, with the regional sports networks, is, you know, really not as been uh, successful, I think, as people wanted. Uh, but um, they were for a period of time when cable was big. Uh, but obviously, as streaming has really taken on a life of its own, along with social media, things have changed. So that'd be one example. And then, of course, if you look at, let's say, apparel, this might be where you have a, you know, a patch on an arm, or this is more prevalent in the UK, uh, although um, some of those have been rolled back uh, because there was sort of this, you know, appearance of impropriety, appearance of, um, you know, some bad behavior, right? And of course, there's been some talk about this in the United States where you have uh, even certain athletes getting into trouble and being alleged to have been involved with a gambling and betting on your team or betting on yourself or what have you. And it just creates a lot of impropriety issues. And, and I think um, it scares a lot of people because ultimately when they, people want, want to watch a sports game, they want to one uh, be entertained. Uh, but then secondly, they want to know that, um, you know, ultimately that the, the outcome is not, was not predicted, meaning that it, it or wasn't planned, I should say. Uh, and I think if you take one of those two things away or both of them, that it really ceases to uh, to be a sport, um, you know, in sort of the true sense of the word. But that's sort of been the past, right? Now, of course, since the Murphy decision, the NCAA uh, and Murphy decision back in 2018, this is what the Supreme Court allowed for states to determine uh, correctly, um, you know, according to constitutional law, that... Um, the federal government cannot commandeer a state to do or not to do something. And, you know, ultimately in this context, uh, a New Jersey law, or sorry, a federal law, it was New Jersey that had some involvement with the, uh, with the lawsuit. Um, but uh, ultimately the, the um, Congress, federal legislature essentially uh, passed a, law, the PASFA Act, that said that uh, certain states that were already sort of grandfathered in, if you will, would be able to have ability to continue to uh, have a sports book or any sort of casinos or what have you. But ultimately, um, there was a lawsuit, the state of New Jersey sued and uh, and said, you know, this you can't do this. You can't commandeer a state to do something. And the Supreme Court found in their favor. So it opened up since since the Murphy decision. A lot of states have come along through their legislatures and have passed 
um, some sort of threshold or gambling or sports book process to get licensed or what have you. So there's been a lot of growth in this space, right? And of course, there's been even further growth uh, as we've seen what's happened in Las Vegas and the sports teams that are moving there. And of course, there's been further growth, uh, you know, sort of post-COVID and people getting involved in that aspect. So, but again, looking at this from a practical standpoint, clearly sports betting is growing. And we'll get into the reasons why I think Fanatics has made this deal um, and, and to, to make this purchase. And, and it wasn't without um, some difficulty. DraftKings had come along and um, wanted to to purchase or at least made a counter offer, unsolicited counter offer or uh, offer, I should say, uh, four points bet, but ultimately points bet went with Fanatics when they increased their offer to 225 million. And I believe that DraftKings had um, made an offer of 195 million. And I, the offer prior to that from uh, from Fanatics was below the 195. So they made, they made a competitor, a potential now, or now a competitor, uh, pay a little bit more uh, for uh, for the purchase of that product or that that company, I should say. Now, from a practical standpoint, you know everybody knows that, or at least folks who are involved in the sporting world would know that Fanatics is an apparel company, but they have significant involvement in collectibles, um, like I said, trading cards, NFTs, and, and iGaming. Now, the interesting thing you may not know is that Fanatics is also a manufacturer and distributor for other companies on uniforms for professional leagues. So let's say that uh, Major League Baseball has a uniform provider. Well, maybe that uniform provider is not in the business necessarily of creating uniforms. They might be creating jerseys for teams or they might, um, or take that back, they might be the sponsor, um, you know, the, the logo sponsor or the uh, generally the, the, the actual uniform, you know, sort of provider. But it's, Generally, Fanatics is going to be the one manufacturing that. And then they'd put the logo of another team on there, or not the team, sorry. Um, they put the logo of the uh, company who has uh, the lead on that. So let's say, for example, just as let's say in MLS, if the um, uniform provider is Adidas, well, then you might have Fanatics actually create the product uh, and hand of distribution, but it'll be with Adidas logo on it. Now that's not the case, but um, you know, at least that I know of, uh, but that's sort of how typically this might happen for Fanatics. So they're essentially a supplier for other brands, uh, but the brands put their um, you know, their products on it. Now, points bet again is a Colorado-based sports book uh, company, an online casino platform. Uh, they operate in 14 states currently. Uh, I would say that although their business strategy is potentially operate in all states where sports bidding, uh, betting is legalized and, um, and there's even potential for a global focus if they can continue to push this. We'll see where Fanatics goes. Now, of course, what's interesting is PointsBet once had a sports sponsorship with the University of Colorado at Boulder, um, which was discontinued in March 2023 because of the potential uh, and look and feel of impropriety between a university and a sports book which I think was probably the right move. So um, there has been some other deals with regard to, um, you know, sort of points bet, and we'll see how those play out with Fanatics. But, you know, I think ultimately one of the issues 
is going to continue to be this impropriety issue and how far does this go, right? Now, with over half United States legislatures passing, already having some, some, some form of legalized gambling, uh, sports betting post-Murphy, um, Fanatics, I think, is looking to capitalize on the connection between sports, uh, betting on sports, and playing sports. Uh, specifically, the fans who bet on sports uh, are statist statistically proven to more likely want to watch a sports match. Um, and I think maybe Fanatics is looking to make the connection between if you're likely to, if you bet on it and you're likely to more likely to watch it, maybe you're more likely to purchase some sort of sports apparel. Uh, so in some sense, just diversifying the business and looking for ways to compete beyond the apparel business. And by the way, this is very smart for Fanatics because, um, you know, Nike and Adidas are such large companies and, you know, maybe Nike and Adidas are not in the sort of manufacturing business in that sense for uniforms. Uh, but, but again, Nike and Adidas are just such larger companies, uh, but this has a potential uh, again, for fanatics to compete beyond the apparel business, because let's be honest, I don't think Nike and Adidas would would ever consider buying a sports betting company. And I think that's what makes fanatics a little bit different. Uh, of course, the other issue or sort of caveat I should mention is that fanatics is also not in the um, athlete business, meaning that they're not focusing on sponsoring athletes directly, right? They're not doing sponsorships or endorsements with athletes directly they're doing it with leagues and they're doing it on a larger scale right uh which which is their business model um and i don't know i would argue that maybe potentially it's a more sustainable business model particularly if you can um you know have long-term contracts with leagues to produce uniforms let's say over a 5 10 15 20 year period versus an athlete who um at most if they're really healthy will last 20 years really in any sport. So, and potentially less depending on the sport. So I think the, the sort of apparel business from the league side, I think is, um, you know, really making this, this interesting. Of course, it also makes it easier for fanatics to purchase a company like PointsBet because they're not sponsoring athletes directly. Again, because of the impropriety issues. So one question to consider going forward is whether professional leagues like Major League Baseball would let's say allow a sports betting company to sponsor a patch on a jersey. Uh, now with Fanatics purchasing points bet, it, it's one step closer. Again, um, in a sort of disconnected way, because uh, Fanatics is the let's say the manufacturer of a uniform. Um, you know, it would it would have to take another step for them to get to the sports betting piece. Even though they own the company, they're not just going to slap their logo on it. But it's just something to, to think about. And as I mentioned, uh, Fanatics purchased PointsBet for $225 million, um, uh, even though DraftKings had tried to make an uh, unsolicited offer for the same. So, um, again, very interesting uh, where Fanatics is going to take this, uh, but they now have presence in 14 states for sports betting and other collectible interest. Of course, the interesting thing going forward is going to be the fact that um, sort of where this goes what other states pass, um, you know, sports betting laws to 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 legalize it and create a process for it, and what this means uh, for sponsorships going forward, uh, and sort of how this is going to affect Fanatics' business. But 
Um, clearly a very interesting purchase. And of course, this has to be approved um, and go through, uh, you know, obviously uh, any antitrust issues and, and sort of making sure that the doesn't violate uh, any uh, legal provisions in that way. But again, folks, thanks for listening in. Um, as always, appreciate making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. And we'll look forward to being back with you uh, next week. I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Look forward to being back back with you soon. Thank you so much.